1: <laughs>
0: I will not curse from the podium.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Was it unpo- nah. I'm a recovered compulsive reader and a miracle of mental health. My name is Royale. <laughs> nice to be here. Uh, I love the mission statement of this meeting. It's beautiful. I'm on board with it. It's not why this meeting's here. This meeting here, for a much more time-honored, traditional 12-step reason, it's called the resentment in a coffee pot. That's why this meeting here, because I was pissed off at O.A. because they never gave me enough time to tell my story. So, <laughs> I started this meeting. I forget how long it's been now. Walter G was here. Sandy L. It's been a long time. And then I stopped coming for a while because my schedule changed, and then l- lately I've been able to stop, and it's really good. So um, I want to, first of all, invoke a higher power. I need to. I need to remember that, God, let me carry a message here. I'm just a messenger boy. Let me be aware of that, because there are newcomers in the room, and I don't want to scare them away. As a matter of fact, my job, according to the book, is to win your confidence, and I want the newcomers to be able to go out of this meeting and say, you know, that guy was crazier than I was, and he's
1: been.
0: <laughs> That's really my job. And if you are new, I hope that you've gotten to what we call step zero, which is, um, well, it's a shorthand for it. We read it in how it works. It's called We Stood at the Turning Point. It's also referred to as the jumping off place where you can't live the way you're eating and you can't live without eating, obviously, and you don't know what to do. And the long form of that is still in the book, and it just says, we came to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we've been living it. And that's really step zero expressed in the language of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And everything I say is based on that book. Um, My first food food sponsor when I moved to L.A. 17 years ago was Roseanne, who once tried to rewrite the steps. She paid a price for that, which I'm not willing to pay. But she got the message. One of the last times I saw her, she used to go to Serenity Sunday, and I used to see her regularly. That was my home group. But she, one of the last, you know, then her husband, various things happened. One of the last times I saw her, she was in uh, Samuel's book study in East L.A. But a lot of O.A. members. He did a good job. He helped all our OA members. And everything I need to know about recovery is in the big book. But I have to adopt it for OA. Like Candy said, credits don't transfer, but study habits help, we used to say. You
1: know?
0: and we also used to say, you know, you think joining a 12-step program is a bridge back to life, and you find out it's a tunnel to another 12-step program. That's also been my experience.
1: <laughs>
0: Just to uh, win your confidence, I'll tell you that uh, my top weight was 280-something. That's 100 over 100 pounds where I am now. I gained and lost 80 pounds three times. I've been on Well, my first... Diet. I came from a family of compulsive overeaters. I, I, I'm the only uh, one in the beverage program in my family. Everybody else was a compulsive overeater. They never could figure out the alcohol, but they got the food problem because they all had it my father was diabetic adult onset the doctor said if you just eat don't eat carbs and sugars you take these little ore based habits you won't have to shoot insulin you're going to live a normal life you know and my, he would, my mother would find half eaten boxes of chocolates under his bed and of course he wound up shooting insulin I used to remember seeing the the insulin in the syringes in the refrigerator you have to keep it refrigerated that's where the disease took him. My mother was always on diets. My brother's been up to, well, he said he denies 280, so I think he was up over 280. But uh, he's down now, walking compulsively in the desert two hours a day, you know, doing the same kind of shit I used to do. I identify as a recovered compulsive overeater and also an exercise bulimic. I'll go into that if I get enough time, which I hope I do. That's why I started this meeting.
1: <laughs> But can you give me a
0: uh, give me a reminder about six? You have a timer. Would, would you please get my attention? Don't bother interrupting me. I mean, don't worry about interrupting me. You yell out Roy or whatever. Yeah, I just I not want to spend too much time on the food log. Well, the real purpose of that is just to win your confidence. So you newcomers can say, "Holy shit, that guy was a basket case. Man. He was as bad, if not worse, than I am." And look at him, you know. I'm passing for normal now for thirty five years, <laughs>
1: um,
0: but you know better. You will after you hear my story. Um, so I came from a compulsive eater family. Always on diets. It was like we were speed eaters. My brother, to this day, I've never seen anybody like inhale a pizza, slice of pizza, scalding hot, oily steam coming off, it's like, it's gone, you know, and <laughs> the, the family uh, dinner, you know, which is supposed to be like, uh, uh, what's that, you know, the dinner with the Nelsons, or leave it to beaver, with Father Cleaver, and anything. it was more like, the pigs descend on a trough, you get your food quickly, because of the neurotic arguments, and yelling, and abuse is going to start, so you get your food and get the hell out. So to this day, I'm a speed eater. All right, I've slowed down. Thanks to the program. Thank you, God. So um, I want to say that I am absent today over 35 years by the grace of God and the spiritual principles of Alcoholics Anonymous as adapted for our program from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, which is the way I work this program with my sponsees. And my adapter is very simple. You buy some whiteout, and you cross out alcohol, and you put in food, And you cross out alcoholism and you put in compulsory Over Because in the doctor's opinion it says, I've dealt with alcoholic addiction in this hospital he's working at, Dr. William D. Silkworth. And the the D stands for Duncan, by the way. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm I'm like that. um, um, Alcoholic addiction. So they're addicts, they're alcohol addicts. The original presentation of this book was for alcohol addicts. It works for food addicts. It works for cocaine addicts. It works for narcotics addicts. It works for gambling addicts. It works for sex and love addicts. It works for Al-Anon, who are people who are addicted to fixing us. That's their addiction. It works for any kind of addiction. And I'm just a food addict. And I was actually a food addict before I was an alcohol addict. I mean, I was fat since the age of seven. I was only drunk since the age of 12. <laughs> well, actually, 16 is when I get really get my hands on and I don't want to go into the beverage program story except to say that I'll mention one thing. I once tried to lose weight by going vegetarian and living on vodka and mashed potatoes for a month. And it did not work in <laughs> <pen>. <laughs> I any weight on that food time. That's all I want to say But anyway, my first diet was aphetamines. Now, for me, food was a great downer. It was a sedative. I like to go down. You know how the pythons will eat a wild boar? And they got this big lump. I think I like to curl up and digest for a couple of weeks. The problem with me is i eat the wild boar and I have a lump, and then two hours later I want to eat again. But it was a downer, you know, so i take the amphetamines, and now I began my first compulsive exercise, and we had a two-story apartment up in Jersey where I'm from originally. And I started running up and down the stairs, and I went on some diet with the aphetamines, which I was not an happy camper on amphetamines. And I lost 80 pounds, or whatever the hell it was. First time, you know, I was young. Gained it all back. See, diets will work on a physical level, but we find out
1: in our program that we have
0: a physical allergy to certain foods. We call them our binge foods, trigger foods, alcoholic foods, red light foods. Call them whatever you want. We used to call them, when I came in, they were binge foods. I came in the old days of gray sheep. And, uh... So I have a physical allergy, but I have a mental obsession. I may not be eating but all I'm thinking about is the fact that I'm not eating and I wish I could be eating and then there's food I maybe someday I will be able to eat and somehow if I get a own magic number I will eat them. So I'm still obsessed even though I may be losing weight on a, on a diet. So then I learned to have a a spiritual malady that if I don't adjust the spiritual malady, the, obs- the insidious insanity of the first compulsive light returns and I pick up some food and next thing you know, it kicks in. You know, like I have binge foods that are, I, I have abstained now for over 35 years from candy, refined sugars. I don't eat cake, donuts, ice cream. I don't even eat pizzas. The only one I kind of miss, but I'm not going to take it back. Why would I mess with my serenity? I like being passing from normal. And um, so I go on the crazy phetamines diet, lose 80 pounds, gain it all back. Because diets only address the physical level, and we have a threefold disease. We're not a diet and calories club. You'll find that out soon enough. Second major diet was the Stillman diet. I was down at the University of Miami. Then the r- compulsive exercising got in really got weird, like we're talking like, Uh, I was uh, doing the judo club, I was lifting weights, I was swimming over a mile in the Olympic pool, I was running 12 miles a day in Miami, heat, 90 degrees, 90 degree humidity, noon, nobody runs in Miami, noon, 90 degrees and 90 degree heat in the summer. Nobody, unless you're a compulsive overeater, trying to somehow exercise the uh, great obsession that somehow, someday I'm going to control and enjoy this thing. Okay, that maybe I won't eat again maybe I won't gain a fat maybe I'll be able to keep it off maybe I'll find a magic diet it's a delusion the book calls it a delusion someday somehow I'm going to control and enjoy my food and that delusion says our book has to be smashed so I moved up north and guess what happened 80 pounds or more comes back and every time I lost the weight it was painful enough but it seemed to come back with a fury that was intensified it's a progression. The book's clear on that. It's a progressive disease. When it only gets worse, never better. What was the next big one? Ah, the pregnant hormone shots. Yeah. And then they put you on a 500-calorie-a-day diet. I remember this grinning, evil, thin osteopath. He had, 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 cl- had a clinic running in, in Jersey and then across the Delaware River. He had one running in Pennsylvania and he was smiling, and he was thin, and all these fat people, mostly women, but some men like me were lining up, and he, I don't know, he took your blood pressure or some shit, and he, you know, gave you this 500 calorie day Auschwitz diet, and gave you the shot of this placebo, and, you know, and anybody's going to lose weight on that food plan, I'll tell you, you know, but, um, I joined the gym up in Jersey. Now, I go from running in 90 degree heat in Miami, high noon, to I'm running behind a snow plow in the middle of winter in New Jersey with a ski mask on. <laughs> and the snowflakes are coming down. And I remember this guy with like a fur coat. They have like t- two-story houses and houses with porches back east. I guess they have a few out here too. But guy comes out to get his paper, you know, the paper board. And he's got his fur coat and he sees me running behind a snow plow. He goes, Hey, Rocky! Hey! yeah!" Hey. I guess he thought I was on the Olympic team or said, Who the hell else is running with a ski mask behind a snow plow in the middle of a goddamn blizzard in New Jersey in the, in the winter? Except a compulsive overeater. Somehow, someday, it will be different. I want to bottom out here. I mean, this is getting annoying. Uh, the last major one was the uh, Liquid protein, liquid protein, tasted like, well, I've never tasted panther piss, so for me to say it tasted like panther piss, <laughs> but I, 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 I imagine it tastes like panther piss, but I used to cut it with orange soda to diet orange soda, I, I remember I hadn't had solid food for a month, you know, so I'm hungry, angry, lonely, and tired, I don't think hungry is quite the word it's like I'm, you know I haven't had solid food for a month I thought I was going to take a tennis lesson I remember I, the racket seemed very heavy you know I didn't have a lot of blood so I cancelled the tennis lesson I'll never forget this this is kind of uh, it led to my bottom I cancelled the tennis lesson it was a Friday night in Miami and I knew all my friends were down in the coconut grove chasing women they're getting just, just drunk they're getting stoned They're eating, you know. And I I wanted to hold out to Monday, because Monday, I was the weigh-in day. There's going to be a magic number on the scale. Somehow it'll be different. Maybe I won't want to eat. Maybe I can, I don't know what I was thinking. It's it's an insanity. It's a delusion. The book calls it a delusion that somehow, someday, it's the great obsession it's called. I don't know what I was thinking, but I wanted to hold out to Monday to weigh-in day, and I couldn't hold out. I couldn't. I cracked. I remember getting up. I had no blood sugar. You know, I hadn't eaten solid food for a a month. You know, holding on to the wall. But you know, I got to the car. Dayland was right around the corner of the shopping center. And here's how an alcoholic and a compulsive reader breaks a thirty-day fast. I bought two cases of wine and two pizzas. And the only thing I want to tell you say about that night is I wound up in jail. That's all I want to say.
1: <laughs> it led to
0: it led to about a year later my getting sober in the beverage mm-hmm. program. And you know how it is when you come in one, you hear about the other ones. Right? So the geniuses in AA are telling me, Well, if you feel like taking a drink, have some candy or Oh, these guys. They know what they're doing. See, you that's maybe valid it's actually in the book, but it may be valid advice for an alcoholic is not a compulsive overeater. If you read Bill's story, he says, I, I went down to 135 pounds and could hardly eat anything at all, you know. That's not my story.
1: <laughs> okay? I, don't, I mean, when I'm
0: coming down off a of drunk, I would buy a pound and a half of marzipan. You know what marzipan is? And I'd eat a pound and a half of marzipan. I'd, or sometimes I'd have the shakes in the morning. I'd eat like half a pound of bacon, six eggs, four pieces of toast with butter, you know, maybe a half a watermelon, you know. I mean, I, food was, I don't know. I never stopped eating. I don't care how drunk I was. I never stopped eating. So they're telling me, you know, if you want to take a drink, take a candy bar. So I gained 30 pounds the first month I'm sober. The disease, because remember, I was, I was fat before I was drunk. Food was actually my first drug, see. Alcohol came on. It's a powerful drug, alcohol, but, I, you know, food was always there. So, I'm out of control of the food. I was about eight months sober. I literally remember getting on my knees saying, God, when I get back to Miami, I was out of state. I was in Vermont. I've got to get to this OA thing I've been hearing about. So, and you know, I like to get on my knees and pray like a pig once in a while. It never hurts me. I don't whine like a swine waiting in the line to die. And I don't roll like a snail sliding backwards on his tail. And I will not grovel like a dog digging in the dust. But I will get down on my knees and pray like a pig. I just had an evangelical convulsion in OA. <laughs>
1: Does anybody have any symptoms?
0: How that? I you. I'm just fine with you all. No, I was on my knees praying. God, give me no way. Get to OA my first meeting. All women. I don't think there was a man in my first meeting. I was a young buck. I was still running six miles a day and doing all sorts of shit. And these women were, I won't say they were old because I'm older than them now. But uh, by the end of the meeting, we say the serenity prayer. And this woman, her name was Edie, comes up to me and says, How do you know the serenity prayer? Well, I'm an AA too. I wasn't thrilled to be in LA. My attitude was like, what are these women doing with my big book? And uh, she says, well, my name is Edie. And this is why we tell our stories, right? To gain your confidence. My name is Edie, and I'm a compulsive overeater. And I lost 90 pounds and kept it off for five years. Now, that got my attention. Okay, that's why we tell our stories, see. And she became my first sponsor. And it was all great. She, the higher power was kind of in. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. The higher power was kind of in the food plan back then. I saw all sorts of weird inventory formats floating around. They had all these questions, which from how, well, there was no how then. How came later when uh, OA abandoned food plans. But let me put it this way. I wasn't thrilled to be an OA, okay, but I had to be an OA. I would come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as I'd been living it. And food was a great persuader. So they put me on gray sheet, one size fits all. Flexibility was not Edie's strong suit. I, if I wanted to change anything on that plan, I had to call her first. If I said, well, Edie, instead of an apple, can I eat a pear? She never would let me eat the goddamn pear. No, nah, too much sugar in the pear. Eat the
1: apple. <laughs>
0: well, Edie, I mean, this food plan, I mean, can I put milk in the coffee? No. Nah. You don't need that extra money. Now, meanwhile, I'm 25 years younger than them, and I'm running six miles a day, and we're all on the same. And I mean, I was, once again, I'm starving. And I was due to go to France, ostensibly to study languages. all the queue, as the French say, looking back on it, I was running from my problems. But you couldn't have told me then, because I was sober. So how could I be doing a geographic sober? I know better now. But I was going to France. And uh, she told me to put my own bag of lunch, but I was too cool to brown bag. You know, I'm, I'm from the mothership here. Remember, what are you doing with my big book? I wouldn't listen. The tools are very important in The tools are how we do our first spiritual actions. You know, we're talking about when you get your ass to your first meeting, that's a spiritual act. When you stick up that hand and say, I'm a compulsive over you," that's a very spiritual thing. Getting this hug and this chip, that's very a spiritual act when you first approach a woman they sponsor you or a man that's a spiritual act you get on a food plan that's a spiritual all those tools are very very spiritual in AA we just say don't drink go to meetings okay they got a very easy food plan by the way it's called no alcohol your sponsors really created and no drugs which I usually add but uh, didn't brown bag it was too cool they had diabetic meals I ordered one I get on the plane Oh, I checked in the bags. You got my diabetic meal? Yes, Mr. Son. Checked with the stewardess coming on the plane. Do you got my diabetic meal? Oh, yeah, we have you here. All right, so now I've been on gray sheet for a couple weeks. I'm starving. I'm hating it. I ate about 6 in the morning. You got to give time for the plane to come out and clear everything out. So now it's about 2 in the afternoon. And I am starving. I'm starving from being on gray sheet. I'm starving from not having eaten 6 in the morning comes time to pass out the diabetic meals, the food service forgot to put the diabetic meals on the plane. But I was too cool to brown that, So they served the trays, and it put shit in front of me that I hadn't seen for two weeks. And it really wasn't that bad. It was like, you know, maybe potatoes, and but there was the cupcake, you know, with the frosting. And so I couldn't hold out. You know, I took the first compulsive bite, I suppose there might have been a way for me to deal with it, but I just said, F, F this. I'm okay. I won't curse on the podium. And um, I took the first compulsive bite, and then I was off and running. So I said to the neighbor, are you going to eat your cupcake?" No. <laughs> I might have gotten two or three cupcakes out of that meal, but you know how they say you hit the, hit the ground running? Well, I hit the ground in France eating. And so I'm going to the meetings in Paris, and like, it's like the shakiest, flakiest <laughs> OA group that ever existed. The Paris group... I mean, you know,
1: <laughs> uh, the
0: possible readers are binging, the bulimics are puking, The actors
1: are starving,
0: I'm eight months sober and, and totally out of control, and I'm quoting from the 12 and 12, I enjoy recovery, and Maura said, our French pioneer who brought the program from Atlanta where she did her medical residency, and now she's Natalie, she rebirthed herself. And Bob I was there 11 years, sober. He's throwing up 11 times a day. We had an anorexic whose parents were psychiatrists. And it really freaked them out that with all their medical knowledge. they spawned this Looney Tune. You know what I mean? She's coming down to 80 pounds or whatever. No, and we're out of control with the food. Everybody's out of control. And I'll, I'll cut it short because I want to talk about steps in recovery. And let me just say that I was in the language school in uh, Aix-en-Provence. By the way, I'm a co-founder of the first AA group in Aix-en-Provence, in French. Thank you. Uh, There was this lunatic, Jean-Pierre C., who was absolutely insane with about a year sober, and I was eight months sober, insane, out of control of the food. But drunks get drunk, so we started this. It was the clinic of Dr. Renault. It was like, out goes the bad blood, in goes the good blood. I mean, he was transfusing these drunks, you know, and we, but they loved us, so they let us start an AA meeting, and, but meanwhile, I'm out of control of the food. So I'm in X, and I remember I was in the, the yeah, the uh, train station. I used to take the Midnight Express up to Paris, and I'd eaten about five or six French mountain bars. Now, they call them bounty bars, but there were chocolate-covered coconut. I mean, I go all the way to Paris, and what am I binging on? Bread, cheese, and chocolate for the most part. It was good bread, good cheese, good jam. They have really good stuff over there. But still, I mean, I used to take a log, uh, a pain ordinaire, which is about as big as a yule log. It's not the baguette, the thin one. I'd slice it like this, take a wheel of Coulombier. Quarter pound of French butter, lather it up, put the me on there. And my French roommates would look at me and they were appalled.
1: <laughs>
0: and I was eating enough to feed a family for a week, you know, for breakfast.
1: And they were drinking
0: like a bowl of cocoa. For, I don't know why French drink breakfast out of bowls, but they did at that time. America's totally screwed things up over there. It, there's McDonald's and Burger King's and everything. But, um, and then I wouldn't drink wine, which absolutely drove him absolutely bad shit. I offended it. I drink whiskey Water with bread and cheese, which it's, you might as well slap Charles de Gaulle in the face or something. <laughs> so I offended this But anyway, I'm out of control and I'm eating this French Mounds bar about the fifth or sixth one. It was like anti-gravity. I had no power. Like, that bar was gone into that mouth, you know. And I had no power to stop that bar from coming up to that mouth. And that's why I say, I am abstinent today by the grace of God. Now, remember, it was a moment of truth where I said to myself, do you really want this thing more than you want to be abstinent? And the truth was, I actually wanted to be abstinent, but, you know, you would already had five. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to haggle with a French k- kiosk lady in French to get my money back, because they're kind of s- sticky about that, French. So all right, it's like that thing in the big book where he says, "How did I ever get started again?" And next thing you know, I'm pounding on the bar. But I might as well get good and drunk now, you know. So I'm all right. I already got five. Well, down the hatch, you know. But when I got up in Paris that morning, I said, "I'm going to be absent." And I got through breakfast. Okay, give me a uh, three softball eggs. Take the bread away. Enlever le pain, s'il vous plaît. Live le pain, Monsieur. You know, you got to be firm with French waiters and uh, he took the bread away and I had coffee un uh, café creme un grand creme bien chaud si vous <laughs> faites fuck you screw you Edie you ain't here in Paris on my shoulder I'm putting milk in the coffee you know an apple for dessert or, or a pear then a mon Blanc. bien mieux very right you know because Edie's not on my back in Paris she can't do anything to me here so the bottom line is I have an absolute breakfast Three eggs, no bread, apple or pear, coffee with milk. Big deal. I'm going around Paris doing my thing. Go to the noon A meeting. Go out to fellowship afterwards with the drunks. Filet avec du salad. Enlever le pan-frite. Eviter le pan-frite. Je n'aime pas le pan-frite. No french fries. Enlever le pain. Give the bread to the neighbor. You know, apple, pear for dessert. I'm going to corn to it, sure. Put milk in the coffee. Give me a coffee. So now I'm absent for lunch. Do my thing. I go to the. Um, I have a dinner that's absent. And then the Monday night meeting used to be on the right bank near the president's palace, off of uh, Rue saint honore I think it was. Very nice section of town. There's saint Michael's English Church, L'église Saint Michel in French. And Monday night they had the OI meeting. They had two OI meetings at the time. Nobody was absent. So I get to the meeting, and I am accident. I am accident. And what I want to report about that thing was it was the moment. I was accident in the moment. I was just trying to get through breakfast accident and lunch accident and get through dinner accident. And now I'm absent in this for my first day in over a month you know how it is when the weight's come back on and the clothes are getting tight ten minutes god damn it that's not enough time I'm going to start another
1: meeting
0: <laughs> uh, and I just wanted to announce the meeting to be the superstar in VIP so when they say read how it works does anybody want to talk my hand shoots up I got something to tell you guys today I'm abstinent today and then Morissette looks at me and she goes I'm abstinent today and then Bob argues, I'm abstinent today the whole group was abstinent on the same day at the same time. And I could not be the superstar. And it is a group miracle. And as far as I'm concerned, the greatest spiritual event in France is Lourdes. And it was the origin of French OA because we only had English speaking. But after that, somehow, there's French OA. It's actually stronger than probably in the English way. All right. The lesson from that is you can get absent anywhere. I got guys that tell me they can't go out to meetings afterwards for fellowship because the, the food still calls to them, you know. I don't know what to tell you, but the book tells me that if, if I can't be around food or where people are serving food, I still have a compulsive overeater's mind. That's what the book tells me. So I don't know what they're doing, but it ain't what I'm doing. Because what I got from this program is on page 83, 84, and 85. And that includes the 10-step promises, which says, if I were presented with an opportunity to compulsively overeat, I will recall, recoil, as if from a hot flame. It says it's happened automatically. I'm not afraid. I'm not cocky. I'm not afraid. I'm not doing anything. It just happened automatically. The problem has been removed. And all I'm telling you is that I stepped into a state of grace over 35 years ago. I can't take credit for it because there was no power to keep that candy bar. going, and, and all of a sudden, I'm in a state of grace. So the key is, how do I stay here for 35 years? I've been in the same maintenance range now for over 35 years. And when I say I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, I mean the obsession has been lifted. I can go to an A.A. meeting fellowship and they're eating cakes and candies and ice creams and do not bother me. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to brag. That's what the book promises me. So if you don't have that in your life, you better talk to me after this meeting. I might show you how to get it. Okay? Because the book says that there's a price that has to be paid after turning all things to the Father in Light of Light, which means this is a spiritual program. It's not a diet and cowards club. I come in here, I made contact. You know, the food beat me into a state of reasonableness. Step one, I came to believe in the hopelessness and fertility of life I've been leading it. The delusion that I was like normal people was smashed. Definitely in Paris. It was smashed. Step two, I've come to believe that there's some power here. If i got somebody who's got a problem with the G word, and every once in a while I do run into an atheist or agnostic, Actually, there's a lot of them in the beverage program, and the only comment I have to say about that is the agnostic trail leads to the Prozac country is the only comment I have on that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh,
0: I can tell you that I come in here, I sell my, anybody who's an agnostic or an atheist, I direct them to the doctor's opinion. It says these men believe in themselves and even more so in this power which pulls chronic compulsive overeaters back from the gates of insanity and death. I've been at the gates of insanity and death with compulsive overeating, and I made contact with a power. And when you hear these stories, so all you've got to do as a newcomer is come and listen. Listen to the podcast. Read the stories in the Brown Book. That's OA stories. Go to speaker meetings. How can you not believe there's a power here that pulls these kind of compulsive overeaters back from the gates of insanity and death? we got people in this room. I know you are a hundred pounder, Right? This lady, you No. Know? But well, we have 100
1: pounders. There's
0: 100 pounders in this room. I swear to you, there's somewhere besides me. There are 100 pounders here. Go to the 100 pounders meetings. They're there. They have pictures. We can prove it. So there's power. And so if you can't put your little mind around the G word, the best advice is in step two of the A12 12, and 12 where he says, Stop trying to figure it out. He says, quit the debating society. Relax, take it easy. Stop trying to figure out which came first, the hen or the egg. That's the best advice I've ever given to a newcomer. Relax, take it easy. Stop trying to get God through the head. It never comes through the head, it comes through the ass that you have seat in the meeting. And listen <laughs> the disease is in your head. See? That'll tell you you can eat a candy bar and get away with it. See? When you make a decision, you say, well, I want what these people have. They've got some power here. Okay? And that's the third step decision. Do You want a piece of the serenity pie, not the chocolate cream pie, the serenity pie. You want, a, you want this power in your life. If you make that decision, you're ready to do inventory. Okay? Because the decision will mean nothing unless immediately followed up by a serious search for the flaws in our makeup cause overeating, obesity and compulsive overeating is but a symptom of my disease I have to get down to causes and conditions if you don't know where these lines come from try reading a big book you know everything I do is based on that book because it works it works when my first aid sponsor was a nightmare you know I just I am not impressed by years I have a daily reprieve there's people around longer than me that I'm not interested in their opinions. I'm not interested in their opinions. I was almost killed by a guy with 14 years mo- more sobriety than me when I was new. It ain't the big book for somebody's opinion. You want to bet your life on somebody's opinion? Be my guest. I wouldn't. So I do the inventory, and I get in touch with the flaws in my makeup. I'm driven by 104. a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-pity. I step on the toes of my fellow's. They're and now. I'm hating them and I'm eating at them. And I got to see. And you will see if you do inventory with somebody who knows what you're doing. And there are people around alright who do. There's a couple good big book workshops. I highly recommend them for newcomers, especially mine. And,
1: uh,
0: <laughs> and uh, you will see that you're manufacturing your own misery. That my problems are not coming at me, they're coming from me. Okay, And if I see that, then I get ready in step six and seven to give them to God. We don't work on character defects in this program. They're about to be cast out. It's a spiritual exorcism with a very, very specific purpose, which is to fit me to be a maximum service to God and to my fellows. In other words, I'm here to serve you, and that's why I'm do a lot of service for these various fellowships. I started a lot of meetings. I started this one. And I do workshops. And I'm here to serve you. And that's the purpose. Yes, I want to get my life in order. But, and I don't want to eat again. Of course. It's the food that gets us here. I didn't come here to be spiritual. I came here because I couldn't stop eating. But it's the food that gets us here and we find out that it's all about connecting with God. As you understand him, as I understand him. I call my higher power God as I don't understand Him. He's never required me to understand Him. The book says He won't make hard terms for me. You know. And um, then, if I have seen that I'm creating this mess, which is on this inventory, one of the greatest little throwaway lines in the book, we turn to this list because it holds the key to the future. Anybody here interested in the key to the future? I am. And, And I learn that if I asked to have these defects removed and I pray for power in that 7th step I go into steps 8 and 9 and every step confirms the previous step the guy holds hands says the prayer and I give him the inventory format and he doesn't show up with his inventory it confirms he really hasn't done step 3 it's when he shows up with the inventory 4 confirms 3 when he reads it to me in 5 and I realize he hasn't left anything out he's withheld nothing he's told me all his life story Five confirms four. And then I say, all right, you see how you created this mess. You see your defects. You see you're driven by fear. Are you ready to give this up? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, let's start making the list of people you're going to make amends to. Well, if he's not willing to do eight and nine, he's not ready to give those defects up. You know? It took me 14 years to get cash register honest in this program. You know what got me to stop stealing? Paying back for money. Eight and nine confirms it. Six and seven. Otherwise, I'll say, I'm sorry to you. Do the same goddamn thing to you the next day and say, I'm sorry again. I'm a sorry son of a bitch. An amend is not an apology. The book says a, a remorseful muttering of, I'm sorry, will not fill the bill. An amend is, how can I set this right? I owe you this money. Here it is. I did that. I had to do that in the Mill Valley market. Turn in there. air and say you know I used to steal meat from this market and switch labels and shit here's a check you know? and you know what he said to me I read about guys like you
1: what the hell does that mean
0: I don't know <laughs> but I was willing to do it thank you oh I'm, I'm being pushed down here i getting the bones in the alright anyway if I go through 4 through 9 10, 11 and 12 is all about taking the power I've gotten out into the world and helping others especially other compulsive over And I asked for prayer in step 11 through prayer and meditation. I asked for guidance on how to do this. When I knew I was going to speak today, I asked, all right, God, help me deliver a message that might help these people and make it about you, not me. Okay, so I hope I've done a little
1: bit of that today. So thank you for letting me share.